0: How do you connect with God in nature? Welcome. You are listening to the Walking with God in Nature podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Perry. Here you will find inspirational stories that we hope will motivate you to get outside, enjoy nature, and connect with God. Thank you for joining us. This is Deanna Ball with us today. She is an awesome neighbor that we had living in Utah. And um, I thought of her with sharing about her love of horses. And because she has such a love of horses and such a gift of horses, my daughters love being able to watch her horses next door. And just she even taught them some training, how to train horses and do things like that. So welcome, Deanna. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Good morning, Shelly. It is so good
1: to see you again. I can't believe I actually taught your girls anything. I learned mostly
0: from them. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet.
1: (laughs) Okay, my husband Terry and I, we've been married a long time 40 something plus years and we have six children. So we had two boys, two girls, and then we adopted two little boys after the crisis in Romania and we weren't able to have more children. And so I traveled over there and and um, followed my heart and followed the Lord and found two little boys, one for each arm. Yeah, family. <laughs> and we came home and when they were about a year and a half, um, we moved to Linden. What happened is my husband had told me that when he graduated from school, his PhD, that we could have horses. And so the day after he graduated, I went out shopping. Oh, wow. (laughs) I said, honey, it's only going to cost $200. That's, that's that's it. So uh, I figured I would get by cheap. And um, anyway, then I told him, whoa, I missed it by a couple of zeros. And (laughs) I I brought home two horses and we had nowhere to put them. So we looked for a home in Linden. Linden is a beautiful place. You can have sidewalks in front, but you can have horses in the back.
0: Yep.
1: If you have a half acre, you can have two horses. And so my parents owned the land behind us. And so we figured that would be another two horses and the most we could have would be four. But for me, two horses is the ideal. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you have four horses, it's so fun. You can have lots of people on your trail rides with you. And that happens a few times a year, but meanwhile, you're hauling hay and you're scooping the manure and you're, taking care of flies and you're feeding and feeding and feeding. And it's a lot of work for just that couple of times. Yeah. Taking a large group. So when we narrowed down to just two horses, it meant that Terry and I could ride together. It meant that two people who knew how to ride could go riding. Or it meant you could take a grandchild or a friend wherever you went. So for me, two horses was just perfect.
0: That's awesome. And what, sparked this love of horses like if you did you have horses when you're younger or I have to blame my dad okay <laughs> you know grandma
1: and grandpa had a horse little, little horse out in Draper and okay. a couple of times a year he'd take us out there and put us on and as a child it felt amazing to get lifted up there and see what the world looked like from way up there and when the horse began to walk, just you know, to be able to move and see things. And and interestingly enough, my dad always said, well, we have five sisters. And he always said, when we get a boy, we can move to the farm. Uh, our, our little uh, brother wasn't born until we girls were all in high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyways, um, dad did eventually move us to Draper and buy a little horse for us. And it only cost him $150. So that's what I thought. Horses would still cost.
0: Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's where you got to Okay. My sisters
1: and I spent every spare minute on the back of that cute little horse, and we rode up and down all the foothills of Draper. That's where we lived at the time, and now
0: it's all filled with homes. But yeah, we explored every nook and cranny back in the day. That's awesome. Right. A lot of adventures, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: You do have adventures and you do make friends. I think that's the funnest thing is, for me, the number one is to try to stay safe. Yeah, It's always something that can happen. And one of the ways to stay safe is to ride often and give the horse lots and lots of experience where you can develop trust in each other. And to, I kind of had a rule, only add one new thing at a time and watch how it goes. In other words, only one okay. new person at a time or one new place at a time, okay. not just a new person in a new place. And uh-huh. and even new gear, a new bit or a bridle can sometimes cause a little trouble.
0: What are some of the adventures that, that you've gone on recently? And do you do a lot of trail rides still? In my early days, I did
1: so many trail rides. And one of the things that we needed to do trail rides was, well, living in Linden, we'd go straight up the mountain and around. And I called it the Linden Loop. And then I wanted to join a group called Backcountry Horsemen because they rode all over the place. And I was so excited for that ride on Antelope Island. That Uh was my dream ride. And Terry's such a sweetheart. We really couldn't afford a trailer. But he bought one and fixed it up and sold it made a little money, bought another one, fixed it up, sold it. And he did that till we could afford a a trailer. Um, That was not an expensive trailer that we bought from a neighbor, Jim Dane. Uh And it was a cattle trailer just open. And that opened the world to me. And I got to ride on Antelope Island. And I got to ride um, out in the West Desert. And I got to ride... My favorite place, which is South Fork up Spanish, or excuse me, up Provo Canyon. Okay. South Fork. That one is filled with bikers and hikers and puppy dogs and photographers now. <laughs> and even motorcycles are up there. We got oh, to ride yeah. up American Fork Canyon before it was filled with people. There are just so many beautiful places to ride. And I love, love, love trail riding. However, as I got older, and as we learned that Terry got blisters when he rode that long, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what am I going to do? I need to I need to still stay on my horse. I, I've either got to quit riding or ride more. One or the other. He's uh-huh. a school teacher. And by the time I came home and made dinner, it was dark.
0: Yeah. Most
1: of the year. And so I made a decision to ride at night. And what I did is I, I bought a pass to an arena, an in, a big indoor arena, mm-hmm. and it's in Highland. And I asked a friend to ride with me, and she said yes. And so it didn't matter if it was dark. You know, it gets dark at 5 o'clock in, in winter here. And so yeah. I'd just pick her up, and we'd have two horses, and we'd go down to the indoor arena and ride our little hearts out. And so I started learning how to have fun and competition in the indoor arena. Okay. And so I was never a competition rider before, but the last several years, I just got into it deeper. And I bought a really nice horse. I don't know if you can see her picture. This is Miss Hollywood Booga. Oh, wow. And she, yeah, with her, I started being able to win competitions indoor arena and last year my first belt buckles awesome congratulations (laughs) I know it's so fun and and with her and Terry here's one of the fun things we do we we dress so fun competition and we choreograph things to music and ride with our group and
0: have a lot of fun that way so you dance with your horses (laughs) we
1: do and I choreograph these drills that we do Actually, this year, um, I gave my horse, Miss Hollywood Bougat to the girl that rode with me years ago that taught me how to ride really well, and I'm not competition riding this year. I'm just um, riding for fun in the mornings and in the evenings, but I haven't committed myself to ride with any groups this year. It's just going to be me and my horse when we have time together alone, and I'm enjoying that so much. That's good. That is a little different.
0: So you mentioned that you love trail riding. Why, what, why do you like trail riding so much? Well,
1: I was born with um, short little legs. <laughs> I get tired. <laughs> but on my horse, I can go anywhere. There you go. And I just saw things that I never thought I would see. You know, I, I've had moose step out in front of me on trails. Wow, twice. Yeah, twice that's happened, and I've seen those beautiful lakes, and I've seen things from a distance that I, I really, I, I, would, I would say I love to hike, but really I think we all, well, maybe other people are better than me, but I really just love the thought of (laughs) hiking and seeing things. I seem to be slower than everybody else. (laughs) <laughs> but when I'm on my horse, that was the funnest thing to do to just go up above Linden and look down and see where the kids schools were and see where our home was and see things from a different perspective and, and to have a horse that was willing to go up those, those hills. And I think that one thing that always surprised me when a horse starts to go up a hill, they want to go faster. Oh, Yeah. They love to trot for a second and then get their little legs in gear and gallop up to the top, you know? And they're like, wow, how many people do you know that are like that? Right. <laughs> I take a few steps and I breathe. <laughs> I look at the scenery, take a few more steps, and breathe a little more. <laughs> and it is fun coming down on a hill on a horse. Um, they really, really need to you know, get their balance together and engage their hind end. And you need to kind of sit back and let them work it out. And you learn, you need to go straight down on hills. You can't really go sideways down a hill or they can roll over uh-huh. tackling things straight on, um, especially going down. <laughs> one of my friends just taught me, well, it was George Curtis. He said, you know, they've got four legs. Don't worry if one stumbles. <laughs> three more <laughs> to <laughs> pick them up and keep moving
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's good voice so I love your comment about how you just hit you know hit things head on the horses just hit things you know go straight straight for it and it's probably a good life lesson right there well, it is
1: sometimes going up a hill you know to really dig into something if you're heading the right way, that's probably good advice as well. Yeah. And especially when you're going down, Oh you do not want to go sideways and roll. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) What an awesome opportunity to get out and be in nature like that and have this friend with you, right? Your horse. So just enjoy all this different perspective, like you were saying and enjoy nature together.
1: We, We used to have a neighbor. Well, we still do. Her name is Shirley. And you never saw Shirley alone. She was on one horse leading another horse. Oh, seemed like, whoa, that's amazing. And now I've learned that is the funnest and the best way to go. Okay. A horse will often be scared if they're the only horse, but if they've got their buddy next to them, they're, they're very courageous. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, So I started you know if you're going to go somewhere alone, just take that other horse with you and just hold a rope on them and they stay together and they seem to be just so much more
0: relaxed when they're together that's neat. you had mentioned about um training you trained your horses can you tell us a little bit about that
1: well they always say that you're always training your horse because whatever you do the horse is listening and i am i seriously think would say I am not in the least a horse trainer but when you look back on it of course you're training all the time but one of the funnest things I learned and I think I I have way too much fun with this is what I call just playing with my horses when they are free when they have no rope attached to them at all and so we've got a little field out back and um, just for example, I, when little Breeze was born, and by the way, she's 25 years old and still one oh my of the horses. Yeah, she was born there. And so um, she was the wildest little turkey. She just paid no attention to what you wanted, and she'd defy everything you wanted. But anyway, it was so fun to put her loose in that field and to realize that what you did affected what she did. And so she'd go out there and she'd run like the wind and show how strong she was. And she'd always fall. She fell so many times, especially if the ground was a little bit slippery. She would not take care of herself. She would just run fall out and fall down. And What
0: happened? Well, she'd
1: run into the fence. I think she was lame for a year for running into the fence. And,
0: oh, my goodness.
1: And so forth. But um, little by little, she settled down a little bit. And, and you, we learned that when you're there in the middle of the field, you can walk towards the horse. And they've got a line, an imaginary line right down the center of their body. And if you walk towards the hind end, they'll go forward. Hmm walk or even turn to the front end, they'll turn and go back the other way. And so we we play with them that way. And we often do it in a round pen. I could do it in that rectangular field as well. But you can get them just going circles around you. And then the word I use is hope. And I'll say hope and oh, they'll stop. Huh? <laughs> can I rest now? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did with Breeze is I... I would ask her to turn just by changing which way I was looking at her. And she'd turn around and go the other way. And I'd turn her again just by facing this way. And she'd turn and go the other way. And she'd be like, can I stop? Can I stop? No, you didn't turn the way I wanted you to turn. Wow! You turned away from me. And what horses will do, you just let them know that's the wrong answer. And you just keep doing it till they they go, well, what do I need to do? So finally, she turned her direction, but she turned towards me. And immediately, all I did, just step back and say, oh, she's like, oh, oh, if I turn towards you, I get to stop. (laughs) <laughs> i had no physical control longer you know you just you communicate yeah well this cute little breeze she learned that when i turn her she should turn towards me and she'd be like can i stop like like yep stop another thing i used to ask her to do was she'd hold her head up so high and just keep going i just kept making her go and she'd be like what do i have to do what do i have to do <laughs> and finally she'd put her head down like oh oh if i put my head down i can stop yep Well, just over not too long of a period of time, she learned how to do cute little circles towards me to turn and stop and look at me. She learned to put her head down. See, when they put their head down, it stretches the muscles across their back and they relax. Mm.
0: When
1: their head's down, they're safe. When their head's down, it's a smoother ride. Their head's up. You know? It can be pretty dangerous. They're like, oh, what's going to be? They're jumping uh-huh. her, put their head down. They feel, Oh, I'm in control. I'm relaxed. Interesting. So teaching her to put her head down and then she learned to listen to my voice. And if I said, trot, she trot. Wow. If I'd say canter. She canter. That's what we call galloping. Mm-hmm. But if I say it this way, canter, it means the movement of your back legs. And if huh. I'd say, Oh, she's stopped, And she could do whatever I asked her to do. All I had to do was stand out there in that little field. And, you know, she's the safest horse now for anybody. Wow. Yeah, I love to play with my horses. And, um, and so that's a little bit of training that way. However you react with your horse, they react back. And people sometimes say, oh, you're a horse whisperer. But it's really not true. You're a horse. You have to listen to them. And it's interesting, you know, that you listen and see what they're doing. And you can do the smallest things to affect what they're doing. And you develop a trust between each other and a communication between each other. till they'll, they'll do what you ask them to do. This, some horses are better than others. But this cute little horse I have now called Sneakers. <laughs> I learned that she can read my mind, she will do what I'm thinking about asking her to do. Wow. And how that works is that we give the most subtle cues of what we're thinking. When you think about how people act, Mm -hmm. we give subtle cues about what we're thinking. And when you're on their back, they feel every twitch of your body, believe it or not. They can tell if you looked this way
0: or if you looked that way. It's
1: Even in a saddle? In the saddle. If you're sitting on them and you look this way, not only can they see you, but they can feel that your seat bones change just a little oh, bit. In the uh-huh. And so a lot of times I try to try to ride without using those rings at all and just turn my head and see if she'll go. And if she doesn't, I'll touch her just a little bit with my foot. Horses usually move away from pressure. But yeah, finally, um, I, I compete in a sport called reining. And reining, you have to do fast circles, slow circles, lead changes, sliding stops, spins, all kinds of great things. And my cute little horse, she's, what, what next? What do you do, you know? And if I think it, she knows it. And I, you know, and I'm always taking lessons, always taking lessons. And finally, one of my trainers told me, "Deanna, you don't have to lean forwards and go. <laughs> or just, your horse knows when you're thinking about fast." And I went, "Whoa, that's true. I don't have to do all kinds of silly things. In fact, their heart rate even matches your heart rate." Wow. They can feel how you're feeling. They're they're very in tune. Now, I'm not saying every horse is or every situation, but when you develop a bond with a horse, they listen to you. Mm -hmm. And most horses, well, Breeze doesn't. Breeze, you pretty well got to tell her what to do. But a really good horse is trying so hard to please you. One of the things that I, I learned about my little horse sneakers is how hard she's trying to please me. And one thing I was annoyed with her was that I called her the accelerator because of any horse I've ever known, she likes to go faster and faster and faster and faster. <laughs> she does not wear out. She'll just go faster. And I was like, oh my goodness, honey. <laughs> be like, horses, Can't you do the slowdown? Well. I finally through another story I could tell you learned that she's really trying to please me. And it occurred to me, my legs, I wear, we wear spurs on the back of our, of our boots. And interestingly enough, like if I need her to um, do anything, all I have to do is tip my foot just a little and she'll feel that spur just a little closer to her. Mm. And I don't poke her with it or anything like that, but she feels it. And I finally figured out, I don't need to ride with spurs for her. Yeah. And I took my spurs off and I haven't put them back on again. And that really helped her because she felt that spur, whether it was bumping or not, and she felt it was saying, go faster, go faster. Go faster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I took those off, but she was such a nice slower <laughs>
0: <laughs> So I love the connection that you have with your horses and the relationship and that there's a lot of trust there between both of you. And just how when we can get to that um, point of relationships, how it can go smoother and we have a better understanding and take time to understand one another. I I, I love that you had talked about or you had told me about some of the lessons that that you've learned in nature with with your horses, of course. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I think the thing that stood out to me so amazingly was that a horse has its own nature meaning the way it responds and the way it acts and i've talked to you a little bit about how i play with my horses
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in the field and it struck me so funny that i love dogs can i put my dog in the field and I'll, i'll i'll walk towards its head or it's and it's just going to go which way I tell it to from a distance? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> you know, how do you talk to a dog? You kind of bend a little lower and pat your knees, and they come, you know, and it's just because it's their nature. And so I go, well, maybe. Should I should I bend my knees and go like this to my horse and it'll come? No, they're not gonna do that.
0: <laughs> I look at you funny. <laughs> yeah. I know.
1: And I thought about it and I thought, well, it's probably because they're different size. So what if I put a cat or no, no, a cow. What if I put a cow out there? Is a cow gonna do cute little circles around you and trot when you tell it to and turn <laughs> when you no, it's just not their nature. And I'm thinking that that reminds me a little bit between relationship with our Heavenly Father, our God. Mm -hmm. If we're made in his image, then you'd think that we are going to be like him. But the truth is, we're so unlike him in so many ways. We're easily disobedient. We're easily want to do what we want to do, not what he wants to do. But there can come that transformation where we actually start listening. We actually start saying, God, what do you want me to do today? Who is it I can help? And depending on the questions that we ask him when we're listening, we can hear what he tells us. If we're asking God for the things that we want him to do for us, we might hear some answers. But one way I've learned that we for sure can hear the voice of God is when we say, God, who can I help today? Yeah. You will hear that answer. <laughs> yeah. The more unselfish our prayers are, um, the more we can actually hear him. And then he can say, would you check in on so-and-so? And he can answer your prayers for your children. I guess everybody I know has had challenges in their life with their children, that you or your life in general, that you have no idea what to do about. And there is no owner's manual, and right. nobody you yeah. know has had that
0: problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you can just say, God, please tell me, help me know what to do today. And then we incline our ear and we we'll get a little idea. Oh, okay. I'll try that. That'll, that'll work for today. You know, I can do that. Mm-hmm. and and a horse you can tell also what they're thinking by their ears and if their ears are off over here looking at something that they think is so scary and so important at the moment they are not listening to you but when their ear and they'll do that a lot of times like if you're in the middle of a the circle they'll tip that one ear towards you and they'll start to turn their head a little bit towards you mm-hmm. they go through this little um on playtime with their head turned away from you you're over there you're not on their mind but if they're kind of curved and inclined towards you and i think as we can take our lives and incline our our attention to god he can guide us and he can be our father and he can he can help us know how to act as he would have us act and to do what he would have us do to become his hands in service to others. There's no shortage of answers to prayer. When we ask him how we can help another soul today, as opposed to asking him for all the things that we want. Right.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. And I, and that's what God does, right? He, he's concerned of everyone else. He's not concerned of himself. He loves us and he'll guide us as as we need it. But, as we're ser- looking to serve others, that we'll be blessed as we're serving others as well. Our our needs will be met. i I feel, you know, as we're out serving others.
1: And it's the easiest way for us to develop that trust in Him, so that He can give us more, say, for example, complicated instructions. Yeah. I was given a challenge. Oh, I think it's been a little over a year ago to. To teach my horse to come pick me up while I'm sitting on the fence. Oh. And I told my in-laws, I said, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the fence this week. (laughs) Because my horse is scared of heights, of other things higher than her. Oh. And also a horse does not move towards pressure. So whatever I do is considered pressure. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm waving at the hind end, it's supposed to move away from me. So how can I wave at the hind end and it'll come towards me? Yeah. And so because I've developed that trust in her, and because she's known to keep asking, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? And I keep bugging her till she, and you actually draw a line in the sand. And if they move this much, just the slightest eighth inch towards you, you draw a line in the sand where they began. hmm they move their hind end that much. To, you stop and you don't bug them about it. You praise them for it. You huh. so reward that for trying. I think Heavenly Father rewards us for trying. And you know, it took my horse. <laughs> it probably would have taken her ten minutes if I was a, actually a trainer. <laughs> but it literally, just oh, it might have been a half hour till she says, "Oh, you want me to move over towards you?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, but that's not quite good enough." oh a little more okay (laughs) she literally moved her body and she'll come forward or backwards till it's just right wow i'm I'm like are you serious she'll come pick me up on the fence now (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) and you know that's kind of a complicated instruction yeah but i think our god as we learn to trust him what his communications are to us, he can, he can get lead us through some really tricky situations that are very specific and sometimes intense and sometimes life changing and sometimes so easy and you forget them totally the next day. But it's it's just a matter of keeping that ear inclined to him, and he can guide you in all things.
0: You need to learn to listen to him, to hear him, right, right, uh, and and to take time. Like you're saying, you know, you know when your horse is listening just by the inclination of his ear, he's focused there. So where's our focus and are we saying a prayer and rushing off or are we listening to what he's saying to us or even throughout the day taking time to listen? So I love that. What are some outside, some bucket lists for you with your horses? I know you've accomplished many. (laughs) Do you have more?
1: Well, I will say that I... I've lived such a happy life and I have always appreciated my horses. And there was a time when we probably needed to sell them, couldn't really afford to buy the new hay. And so I took my little horse out on a ride around the neighborhood and came back. And my husband said, Oh, listen, if you'll keep doing that, we'll find a way to feed them. Right. And so I think. You know, if I think about, oh, I'd love to ride in the Red Rock country. I'd love to ride on the beach in California on my horse. I'd love this and that and the other. My heart is, I think about those things, but actually my heart is simple. My bucket list is just to keep spending time. Just to go out there and rub that beautiful fur and to smell that amazing smell. I I think my bucket list these days is a lot more simple than like I said, I'm not going to compete this year. I, I I won the belt buckle, and that's all I. <laughs> I was so excited. Oh, I, awesome. I you know what? I don't I don't need that now. I kind of need to help my grandkids enjoy. I kind of yeah. need to to just be there as the sun's going down because there's a really good feeling of being with your horse when the sun goes down. My my bucket list is to still hear that little clip clop clip if you happen to be on a road uh-huh. on my bucket list is to be able to to not yank on their mouth to leave that mouth alone mm-hmm. just change my position and say oh sit down a little bit and they stop real nice oh, you know shall so like i my bucket list is pretty simple i i think when you get tired of living you're, you're probably done and i'm not tired of i'm not tired of smelling them <laughs> i love the smell of the leather my bucket list would be to have my horse incline towards me but you know horses are different they're not dogs they don't love you when you come it's really the feed they love you know it, people think horses love you honestly they don't <laughs> dogs love you but horses and you can communicate Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, uh, most people want to come up to a horse and rub their face. And both of my horses have always turned their faces away and we're always insulted. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I learned recently, their mother doesn't rub their face. Their mother rubs their shoulder.
0: Mm.
1: So I've learned that all these years when my horses turned their face away, they were showing me their shoulder. Oh, that's interesting. They were saying, rub here. So I guess I would have to say my bucket list is to keep learning, keep yeah.
0: being That's a good bucket list and and I like the point of you know now you're passing that love actually on to your ch- grandchildren, helping them to learn this love of being around the horses and and being in that nature. I love that that's that's, that's a true. good legacy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And just, uh, I think that just to relax and there is so much going on in the world and you can always be on the move, but to just look into the simple things and enjoy those little moments is so important. Just like you're saying you to in, enjoy and in the bucket list of having your horse turn its head a certain way, or, you know, relaxing on the bed or whatever, you know, just those are important things. The so little things add up and bring joy.
1: It's the little things that are the big things and it doesn't need to be with the horse. Other people love other things. Yeah. You know, but I really feel like everybody needs something
0: that they love. I appreciate you joining me today. This has been so fun talking to you and your love of horses. Do you have any advice for people to get outside in nature? Like any suggestions for them?
1: I do. I have some advice. Okay, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) One piece of advice I would love to say to people, not only get out, but I want you to start looking forward to winter. Because it seems like as human beings, if it's perfectly just the temperature we want with just the right cloud, we're loving it. But people whine and complain if it's one degree too hot or one degree too cold. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to be one of those that just dreaded winter. I'm like, oh, you know, my son-in-law changed my mind about that. He said, you have got to look forward to winter. And I'm like, why? You have to shovel your driveway. And he says, look forward to shoveling your driveway. It's fun. And I just changed that attitude. And I went, oh, yeah, we can chill the driveway. This is fun. And you know what? It is fun. You wait for those snowflakes and you put on a hat and you hurry out there. And then you go, oh, this isn't so bad. And you, you just have fun and you feel alive. And he said, you've got to pick up at least some things that you love to do in winter. And so I changed my attitude about that. And now when it snows in March, I'm I'm. So excited because that means one more ski day. And I, I actually give up two months of riding. I try to ride my horse as much as I can. But about January and February, I, I tend to spend my time more in the snow than with them. And I'm like, OK, take a break, guys. I'll start you up again in March. And I, and I just play in the snow. And I love it. And if it snows again, I'm like, woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> So I just would say to people, enjoy every weather, whatever weather you have. Find what it is about that weather you like, because when you go outside, you're going to see the most beautiful things and you're going to see that nature changes. It's never quite the same in the same place. Always different colors. I can't believe how excited we get about just the color changes through the seasons. Yeah. Be (laughs) outside and love it because I think we need the oxygen. I think we need the sun. I think we need to get soaked sometimes. It is so fun to dress up super warm and be out in the coldest places and be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Be safe and enjoy. I think God gave us a
0: beautiful place to live and, and let's enjoy it. He did. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to the Walking with God in Nature podcast. Please rate and review to help this podcast reach others so that they can be inspired to go outside and connect with God. Make it a great day and go out and play.